Saw podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how you doing? Doing pretty good this evening. Yeah, had a weird experience on the way up here. Yeah, you were. Uh, I was trapped. You were. I was trapped on a bridge where part of it's a drawbridge, mm-hmm. and it was up and out of order. Mm-hmm. So when I turned around, a train, freight train, stopped on the oh. tracks. <laughs> yeah. So I spent about half an hour trapped between a drawbridge and a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then as I the train finally left and I'm pulling away, they're finally putting up the sign to tell you that the bridge is out. Nice. After 45 minutes or whatever, I was sitting on that <laughs> fucking bridge. Nice. So, yeah, I felt like it was in a horror movie. Huh? Especially being around Halloween time. Right, because you just saw the new Halloween. I did last night. Yeah. Yeah. Decent? I'd certify it fresh. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to explain to a friend how that works. Because we leave and he goes... Uh, it was pretty good, but I wouldn't like. It's not like seventy-three percent fresh good. And right. I was like, "Well, Rotten Tomatoes is not. You don't rate it on a spectrum. It's the percentage of people that say it's fresh. Uh-huh. So if seventy-three percent of people like it, that's how you get seventy-three percent. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know, you don't rate it on a scale of one to ten, right, or something like that. I so most people seem to like it. I would say it's fresh. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot fresher than The Shining, which I watched on Halloween. Okay. No, I watched it over the weekend. The original Shining? Yeah, only okay. took me 37 years to watch The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> which not is funny, worth I, the wait. Right. As long as we're hating on classic movies on this show. The Shining, not worth the wait. Not worth the wait. All right. Uh, well, speaking of waits, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> right? Look at that segue. Nice. Yeah, so currently right now we're sitting in my uh, my garage. Future home of? Future home of Irene's Bar. Because I'm totally going to be that guy that puts a bar in his garage. I bought a 10 by 4 foot whiteboard it's pretty damn big and impressive <laughs> it's pretty awesome right yeah with uh what is that like one square foot of writing on it in each corner <laughs> <laughs> right so far so far i feel with a whiteboard that big you could you could draw all sorts of wieners mm, totally boobs and wieners especially once we get the bar in here mm-hmm. there's going to be lots of uh inappropriate drawings that i'll probably forget about until my kids come in to get their bikes or sleds or something right and then i have to <laughs> then i have to explain the explain uh, facts that. of life to them yeah um, I can just imagine that your beer list will be up there, which will consist of probably Coors Light. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> right. We have two kinds of beer, Coors Light cans and Coors Light bottles. <laughs> um, cool. Before we get started, I do ha- I do have a, a story that uh, I wanted to tell you about that um, you might appreciate. I had one, too, and I forgot what it was. Was it about being stuck between? No. No, that, that just bridge? happened today. I was thinking, because we're what, what, four weeks behind? No. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. All Three. part of our master plan to drive down listenership, by the way. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. I had. I was because I was even thinking like this is the one time where Dave's gonna tell a story. Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell one of my stories. Okay. Completely forgot it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my anyway. mine just happened. And I just wanted to tell you because I figured you'd appreciate this. So yeah. I went to Chipotle to get dinner for my wife because as she, you she should today, right? So I'm in there, and, and the guy in front of me, you know, you know how um. <laughs> a lot of times I just say things that I think are funny and sometimes people th- take offense to it. Sometimes mm. I mean for them to take offense, but Right. But sometimes but you don't. I just I just throw it out there just to see how people react and stuff like that. So the person in front of me was really particular mm. about his burrito. 
Like almost OCD level to where like mm. he was dictating the layers of how he wanted his meat. Was he having like them weigh out the amount of meat? Not not quite that bad, but he he was saying you know I want the chicken and then then the rice and then the beans. You know like one of those things, right? He just wants to he wants the flavors to hit his palate in a certain way. I guess so. So this dude's probably a little older than us. I'd say probably like maybe like fifties somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's more than a little older than us. But so yeah. I'm getting I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting annoyed, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be an asshole. But so this dude just keeps going about how particular he is with this food. Mm. And just to be funny, I said, whoa there, Henry David Thoreau. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Henry David Thoreau. Yes. So so the dude just does what, (laughs) like a chuckle like that. Mm. And he looks at me. And I'm thinking like, oh, man, now I got myself into a confrontation when I was just trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. And he goes. Henry David Thoreau was a poet and an abolitionist. <laughs> yes. Which, which is completely those, true. Those are facts. Yeah. <laughs> so my response was, I, I just said back, I go, well, <laughs> I go, hey, if he wants to kill babies, <laughs> that's his right. <laughs> abolitionist. That's, and, so, uh... and so the dude chuckles again, and he's like, uh, he goes, he goes, hmm. Well played. I'm like, you too. <laughs> and then he walked out, and that is like the best conversation I've ever had at Chipotle. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the only con- conversation I've had at Chipotle, but wow. Yeah. I like how you just responded with a well played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I was like, yeah. You too, sir. Yeah, so. <laughs> Henry David Thoreau. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back into it. Okay. So tonight we are talking about episode, finally, episode 410 of Better Call Saul, titled what, Dave? Winner. Winner, okay. Winner, winner. Awesome. Quick thoughts on this episode? Uh, it's a tough watch at a couple parts. Yeah, in a good way, in a you know dramatic, mm-hmm. in a dramatic way. Uh, it's one of my favorite of the season, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite of the series. Really? Yeah, yeah. I really like what they did on a lot of things. I think I think it was a great season finale, mm-hmm. and. I think that a lot of just, I don't know, a lot of the plot lines coming together and the anticipation, because like when season three ended, mm-hmm. yeah, we were waiting for season four with anticipation, but Chuck dying was kind of a big, like, that was closure to something. Mm-hmm. This was not closure to something. This was opening up something. Yeah. All right. Cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize it was long. It was a way longer episode. A little bit. I, I actually, I, I watched it again today. Mm-hmm. And I bought it off of Prime, so commercial free. It was exactly one hour of runtime. Mm-hmm. I've only saw it on uh, DVR because we don't get right. screeners. We don't get screeners. For I'm the sure real media outlets probably get screeners of the finale, but mm-hmm. we never have got a screener of the finale. Right. right. So we had, we watched it in real time, and yeah. since I watched it on DVR, it was like a good hour and a half. I think it was the longest one because. Usually they run about forty two minutes because you know count for commercials, and then mm-hmm. when they say there's an extra long episode, that would be about fifty two minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But this one was a full hour minus commercials, so it probably had to be an hour and a half. Hour and a half, yeah, yeah, roughly an hour and a half. Yeah, kind of threw me back a bit. I was like, holy shit, there really are a lot of commercials in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. there are. Well, when the show gets more popular, more sponsors want to participate. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's right, and they haven't had their little. Uh, you know, social justice warrior moment yet that makes sponsors go away. <laughs> yeah. They will. Yeah. Because everybody does these days. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Worked out well for Roseanne. <laughs> They're gonna totally gonna yeah. can that show. Yeah, go, good luck finding a Kevin Spacey starring, you know, <laughs> movie or TV show anywhere anymore. <laughs> Actually, I just watched Time to Kill. How was that? Pretty awesome. Awesome. Maybe that was, that might have been the story. Was that we were we were, we were talking? I think it was the story because it's mm-hmm. kind of related. Because uh, the scene between Mike and Warner is so heavy. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe I might have got a little misty eyed. Okay. Maybe. But we're having this big conversation about crying in movies and stuff, and I'm not a big movie crier. Right. I'm not not a movie crier. Okay. Not a big movie crier. Okay. So I'm talking about how I haven't cried at a movie in a very long time. Okay. I think actually Alpha Dog got me. Okay. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. judge me if you want. But yes, Alpha Dog got me. I've Shut never the fuck seen up. It. Uh, so. so not two days after that conversation, I'm at work. Everyone else is on vacation. I'm at the shop. I work in a mm-hmm. machine shop by myself. Mm-hmm. I put on a time to kill. Ten minutes in, I'm wiping away a single tear. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a manly tear because you were at the machine shop. Well, yeah, it was when the it was when the daughter, after being brutally raped and beaten and attempted murder, po- apologized for dropping the groceries to her dad. Mm-hmm. Which I was just like, "Woo, yeah, tug you those heartstrings, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, on a lighter note, episode four ten, better call saw, title winner. Let's go. So it opens up, courtroom scene, and it kind of just pans along the people. And these are obviously lawyers vouching for yeah. their... Barred or credentialed lawyers vouching for someone trying to maintain or attain bar, mm-hmm. bar status. Right. And it goes through three or four mm-hmm. people. And uh, <laughs> I love how Chuck was the only one who wasn't visibly excited to be there. <laughs> like he went through the motions. You know, he said, right. it's my pleasure to do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, good acting, because you could tell, like, you know, the way they portray that. He totally didn't mean that. Mm. And I actually watched that scene a few times, because I, I was I actually thinking, didn't I, pick that up. No? No, I thought he was sincere, just not overly excited. But maybe I, you're right, yeah. The, the way I interpreted it, because everybody... So, this is what I was saying. So, I even went through and watched the scene a few times, right? Because mm-hmm. I've watched it, like, three or four times now. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, it is my pleasure. Or mm-hmm. it's, like, a great honor. Right. Right. So I thought, okay, everybody gives like this, like platitude, like this, this, uh-huh. this adulation to nominate or vouch for whoever the fuck they're vouching for. Right. And then it got to Chuck, and Chuck's just like, "My name is Chuck McGill. I'm here to vouch for." Oh, he just said, "I'm here to." Yeah. Right. So then I was like, "Aha! He's the only one that said that." So mm. I watch it again, and one of the lawyers, like two before him, says almost the same thing, like no, like mm. no, like woo, okay, like, you know, to his voice, but. Even then, it was very obvious that that guy, in it my was a interpretation, more smiley, a yeah, it was more. like more like heartfelt than yeah. Chuck, the old Chuckster, yeah. <laughs> going going through that tricky bastard, yeah, going through the motions. Well, maybe that will affect some of the points I'm going to make later, but let's keep talking. Okay, cool. And then they go. We saw uh, the after party. Yeah, it was after the party, it's the after party, right? Right. And we it's saw be- Ernie. It's, be- it's between the party and the hotel lobby. Right. That yeah. As our Kelly whole, taught us. Right. That whole little zone there. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We saw Ernie. Ernie. Yeah. I was super excited. I even put Ernesto with an exclamation point in my notes because yeah. uh, Brandon Hampton, who plays Ernesto, friend mm-hmm. of ours, right, calls me by my nickname that I don't like people calling me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I even made a point to tell him that great acting because he is a far better singer yeah. than shows on the thing. But it's hilarious because. Everybody knows Total Clips of the Heart. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to karaoke Total Clips of the Heart, mm-hmm. and he got to do it for a national audience. Right. Horribly. Yeah. <laughs> With the best karaoke microphone I've ever mm-hmm. seen in my life. Yeah. That shiny gold. 
plated. <laughs> it was pretty and, uh, awesome. I, I was glad to see him because I, I kept thinking, I'm like, what? I wonder what's up with Brandon. Like, like yeah. if they're going to have him back or because Chuck's dead, they're just going to ignore that? Like, right. I'm yeah. not really sure where that character left off. Um. Yeah, well, he just moved on. God, I don't remember his last appearance, actually. I was actually with him. We had just visited you in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, when he came to visit, when he was talking with, I think, Peter Gould, who was like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you back on sometime. Mm-hmm. So I figured, oh, maybe he'll get a flashback or something. Right. And here you are 10 episodes later. Flashback. Getting a flashback. Yeah. So it was That's good right. to see him. I texted yeah. him, said good work. He said, uh, you know, back. So I'm I'm sure we'll probably chat with him soon. Yeah, we got to get him on soon. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to try and visit. And if he visits, we'll do an interview in person. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So it's the after party for Jimmy. Apparently, he set up this party for like 10 people at a karaoke bar, which is a good place to go. Yeah, you know? totally. It's a good fun time, especially, you know, what is this, 2006, 2004? Roughly. Somewhere early 2000s. Yeah. Karaoke was the hot thing, not just in Japan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a hot and, thing uh, now. Kim and Kim and Jimmy are trying to p- figure out whatever song they want to sing, and what ends up happening is Jimmy coaxes Chuck on stage. Chuck's very reluctant. Of course. Doesn't want to do it. Nope. And then uh, he gets on stage, and then you know he's, he's very standoffish. He's you know it's obvious he doesn't want to be there because he just tried to scoot out, right? But <laughs> but ends up taking the microphone and once again upstage at Jimmy. Well, the David Say Hubbins in him just uh, just was screaming to get out. You know, I know you're going to cut that down, but that literally took two minutes for you to <laughs> put that joke together. But. The David Saint Hubbins in him took over, and he grabbed the microphone. Spinal Tap reference. Exactly. Okay, so the beauty of it is, once again, I said I, I, I watched it live with everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, looking on various web forums and stuff, and people were like, holy shit, Chucks has pipes. And I'm like. You didn't. He's in like five musicals. Spinal Tap, yo. He's, <laughs> he, he, I don't know if he has a Tony, but he's been in Broadway musicals. Yeah. Like, dude, it's, yeah, Michael McKean sing, write, and play. Mm-hmm. He's a triple threat musical guy. He is. Totally. He is. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed the dynamic. I thought that was well played. The whole like, no, no, okay, okay, all right, here we go. Then give me the microphone, now I'm going to take over. I, lo- I love the look on Jimmy's face where it was like, all right, we're, we're kind of bonding, we're kind of bonding. And then he, right. he just he showed him up. And right. Jimmy, Jimmy went from we're kind of bonding to, oh, now he's making me look like a chump at my own party. So he's, he's that guy standing there <laughs> yeah. awkwardly. You know, it's, it's like if you – uh. It's like somebody trying to do a magic trick or something at a party, and somebody's like, oh, I could do it like this, and then they do a way more flashier version of the right. <laughs> of the trick. Exactly. <laughs> Just totally ruined his day. Right. Totally ruined his day, but not to be detoured. Did they- it Did it ruin his day? I don't know. I thought he was kind of like, I, I, I thought that maybe Jimmy was just happy that he kind of got Chuck to come out of his shell a little bit. Really? I, I yeah. thought he felt like. He took like- that as a win. Really? I, yeah. I took it as. I got this old curmudgeon to, to really have be the life of the party for a minute i took it as he he was all excited that chuck was kind of participating right but then just took the opportunity to upstage him once again possibly i didn't get a great look at jimmy's reaction it was kind of you know out of focus in the background but no i i I thought i thought he was proud that he got his brother to come out of his shell a little bit okay did you notice though the song i went and looked up the song winner takes it all yeah an abba song the right. lyrics are so appropriate. Yeah. So appropriate. Even the point where, I think it's when they're laying in bed, where they show the different characters on the different lyrics. Uh-huh. The winner takes it all, the loser has to fall. Like, they're very much like, I, I, you know, this is what happens when you play by the rules. 
Nice. Stuff like that. The cheaters win. The rule followers don't. Very extremely appropriate. So good song choice by the... uh, Yeah, I've held off listening to the official uh, podcast that AMC puts out. Ah. And uh, because I I usually listen to that after we do our thing because I don't want to like jump on their... Yeah, you don't want to steal the... Right, right. So, um, but they always address the music and what it means. So I'm willing to bet... listen to that more often. (laughs) I'm I'm willing to bet that... um, that's probably a spot on analysis. Yeah, totally. One, I'm one hundred percent convinced. Nothing on this show. We've said that all the time. Nothing in the show happens by accident. Yeah. So I mean, it's the name of the damn episode, right? But yeah. So the lyrics totally kind of follow there. I mean, the song itself is seems to be about losing a man to another woman mm-hmm. that she feels is a step down, which usually happens. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So very cool. Yeah, and it was a nice little brotherly moment too. Yeah, when, and then they, then Chuck takes him home. Mm-hmm. And this is where I don't know because Jimmy's talking about like add another M to the firm, yeah, and the whole uh, what do you call it like the partnership or uh, whatever. not the partnership but like when things look symmetrical the symmetry yeah yeah with H H M M blah 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 and Chuck's just kind of blowing them off yeah, right yeah, like yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> but he doesn't just like bail on him he stays he's he, mm-hmm. he's gonna make him breakfast right so at least a little bit of tenderness there mm-hmm. yeah which so I'm, that's what i'm thinking about when he says i never cared about you and that whole thing like to me that throws another like twist in the dynamic I, I i still think that was chuck's way of shielding jimmy you think so i, mean, I think shielding so. jimmy well i think chuck's we, own feelings right I, I i i think i talked about that before like sometimes people in those situations will almost like sabotage their relationships so the people that will be affected are affected less. Oh, when Chuck said that to Jimmy. Right. Yes, yes, absolutely. mm -hmm. But it just, it keeps driving it home, the fact that Jimmy's missing out on this. Like, Jimmy has really kind of cut off his feelings towards somebody that truly did care about him just because he told him to fuck off at one, you know, at the end Mm -hmm. of his life. Right. When they keep showing us how much Chuck really did care for Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Even the beginning of that episode where he killed himself, they showed him reading the story and stuff. Right. So, yeah, just another one of those, like, Chuck really did care about Jimmy. It's really unfortunate that he said that. Right. The the whole thing, yeah, like from Jimmy's perspective, like the whole relationship is a was kind of like a missed opportunity. Right. Missed opportunity to bond with totally somebody, you know, close. Or somebody that could have been close. Right, but they wrote Breaking Bad first, so that that's the way they have to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh mug drop imp, uh intro and then where uh, we see Mike busted into Werner's dorm. Mm-hmm. Finds the letter. Yeah. Reads it. Yeah. Goes into regulator mode. That's right. <laughs> He's going to track his ass down. Which, kind of a mistake on Mike's part. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Just for the fact that uh, when Lalo's watching, Lalo gets tipped off by how they're running around and scrambling. Right. If he would have acted business as usual and just kind of slyly sent people out, Maybe could have avoided the whole situation. Well, I think Mike was probably panicking on two fronts. Mm-hmm. One, because Mike doesn't Mike takes responsibility for all the actions he does or does not complete, right? Right. And then also his life's on the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that was his responsibility. You remember no half measures. And uh Right. And he even says, you know, towards the end, he said, This is my mm-hmm. it's my mistake. I gotta fix it. Yeah. I have a I have a couple issues with his sleuth work though. 
Really? I'm pretty sure even in the early 2000s, if you were to call like a financial exchange place, yeah, you wouldn't be able gonna... to be like, oh, hey, I'm looking for, I'm, <laughs> one, you wouldn't be able to say like, my wife sent me money. Where did she send it? I, I don't think anybody would tell that. Right. You know, I think that was really, uh, it, it's like, uh, hey, bank. <laughs> Hi, bank. <laughs> yeah, I totally wired money to it. It reminded me of like in The Simpsons where it's like Homer trying to get Mr. Burns' like mail, the letter that he sent My him. name is Mr. Burns. Yeah, I believe you have a letter for me. Yeah, like what's your first name? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> exactly. That, that's kind of how, right. how I felt uh, about that. that. Yeah, that was a little cheese dick, as some like to say. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just... I, like like, like I the said. name of the company. <laughs> Travel Wire. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the only cash exchange company available in the greater New Mexico area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> I don't know. Something about that was just so odd. I, I, if Travel Wire is real, I'm really going to offend some people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just add it to the list of people that would never sponsor us in a million years. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, we did, we're skipping ahead a little bit because I do want to talk about uh, after the phone call to Travel Wire mm-hmm. and then Jimmy's at the grave. Yeah. This is one of my favorite things because he's saying watermelon pickles. Right. And you know why he's saying watermelon pickles. Because that's usually what extras say in the background to make it look like they're exactly. talking. Exactly. Right? I was I was taught that in chorus. Really? If you forget the words, you mouth watermelon. Re- yeah. Yep. Not pickles, but I can see. Yeah, there's a good joke in a South Park episode when um when all the bikers mm-hmm. are driving around, they're trying to gain attention, and they're just like yelling stuff. <laughs> and if you, li- if you listen to the group of bikers go by when they have all their sirens and horns, some of them are, are being like, chicken spears, chicken spears. That's, <laughs> that's another one I've heard people uh, say. Like, okay. Watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> Pickles, yeah. Uh, or uh, with the the technical term in film, mm-hmm. when there's like people in the background, they call it group walla, mm-hmm. like a walla sound, I guess. Yeah. And 30 Rock does that. When they're in the uh, the the hearing, mm-hmm. and then when everybody's supposed to be like robble robble robble, like it's uh, what's his name? Robbie, no smoking, Rob Reiner, mm-hmm. and he's like rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, that I I really wasn't sure what was going on at first. Cause no, not at first. I I mean I get uh, like it, it showed like the whole plan. Mm. But um, I, I'm glad they addressed it when he said uh, I wasn't even sure anybody would show up. Yeah, because I, how many people would just all that time later be like, "Hey, could you like meet me at the grave and help right me, help me mourn?" Right. No, it just it's the whole like you know, uh, what do you call it? You're kind of under underplaying your mm-hmm. hand a little bit. Right. Like you're just kind of throwing it out there and letting them respond. You're setting a trap. You're you're baiting people. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, hey, group party at Chuck's grave on his anniversary of his death, mm-hmm. you just kind of say, hey, this is the anniversary of Chuck's death, and I'm going to donate this room. Right. Which, yeah, so it kind of comes together slowly. Right, yeah. You know. I, I guess the long con, I guess, is what right. you're going for. Yeah. I, I did like how he audibly said boo-hoo. Yes. Boo-hoo. Yeah, I wrote that boo-hoo. down. Boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> at, first, at first, I didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. But I always watch TV with the closed captions on. Oh, so did it say it said boo-hoo, boo-hoo. <laughs> and at first I laugh because usually on closed captions, somebody's crying and says like, yeah, it'll, Jimmy whimpering it'll do or the, Jimmy. Uh, onomatopoeia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he was, he was very much saying boo-hoo. <laughs> so if, yeah, for those reasons, great scene. Mm-hmm. And then when he ta- to goes to Kim and he's all excited, that's when it was like, okay, this was fake. Because I wasn't sure if it was fake or not. Mm-hmm. Probably should have known by now. It's all going to be fake. You didn't, you didn't know it was fake thing. with watermelon pickles, and you didn't know it was fake with boo-hoo? You got me. Yeah. I stand corrected. Okay. I'm an idiot. 
Um, I'm gonna just cut that out. So I like how it played, especially into the overall arching. And we'll talk about it as the episode goes. When um, the look on Kim's face when he said, "How'd it feel?" Mm -hmm. She said, "How'd it feel?" But then he said, "It felt like I looked sad." Right? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever that that back and forth was between Mm -hmm. them. That's when you could kind of start seeing the cracks on her. Like seriously, because my note says Kim's starting to crack. Yeah. We we even phrased and and we've actually talked about that throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. Like you know, Kim. Ray Seahorn plays that awesomely. Yes. Plays that character awesomely. Like yeah, she, you have to really pay attention to her reactions to what Jimmy does. Mm-hmm. It's like a master class. Because they've left that kind of ambiguous in other episodes, remember? And we were sitting mm-hmm. there chatting about it, and we are like, well, I, I think this is where she's starting to see that he's not exactly the man that, like, she know, right. obviously knows he's a con artist, but I think she sees a little bit of humanity in him. Right. And she's then trying to re- pull that out. She wants him to see a psychologist and right. psychiatrist. Yeah, that's what it was you know. when we were talking about the psychiatrist. You know, like he yeah. doesn't want to go and it's because he, he He's over it. Yeah, he, he's over it and that befuddles her because I mean, you know, even even if you hated your sibling, like I, I think on some level most of the time there's still a little bit of like yeah, at least you know, one step in the grieving process of right, five. Exactly. Know? Right. Exactly. But Instead of jumping kinda, straight to acceptance. Yeah. Exactly. So kudos to them. Awesome, awesome scene. I mm-hmm. liked it. Uh, one of the funnier scenes this season. Not a lot of comedy, I don't feel, this season. Right. Here and there. Here and there. There's some eh, chuckles. Yeah. yeah. Some chuckles. <laughs> Here and there. Some chuckles, okay. Uh, we see Lalo scooping out the... Uh, Los Pollos Hermanos. No, he was scoping out... Uh, the oh, I'm la- sorry. Laundry Brillante. I wrote Los Pollos Hermanos because those are the trucks that were coming in and out. Yeah. But yeah, or he's scoping the Londoria out. Brillante. Right, he's scoping out the scene of the excavation. Yeah, taking notes. Right, singing, uh, I, and I, I thought he might have been singing the same song because the melody kind of sounded like that. Winner takes it all when mm-hmm. they're doing karaoke. I was wondering if he was singing the same song. He may in have Spanish. been. Yeah, I probably should have looked that up. But I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, and he was really mumbly. Yeah, and under his breath. I was most impressed that he bought one of those. He brought one of those. Uh, Small handled igloo coolers. Mm. It's kind of well, <laughs> you know what I'm talking. Like, everybody has one of those, right? Yeah, that's like the a lunchbox staple. cooler. That's a staple of the uh, the working man. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. If you're gonna be on the desert, I mean, you're on the desert, mm-hmm. and people in desert seem to be more well prepared than us in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Not much to talk about that scene, other than he was just kind of scoping them out. Well, this is where he. This is where I, my comment about how Mike kind of screwed up, and if they weren't scrambling around like a bunch of freshly released hamsters, mm-hmm. he might not have been so tipped off to the sun. There's some doings that transpiring. So here's my question about that. Yeah. Where was Nacho? Nacho is hiding out. Is he hiding out? I think he's still hiding out. What was the last time we saw Nacho? When Lalo said, take me to the chicken farm or whatever outside of town. Is that where Nacho dropped off Lalo? No, no. Okay. That was... So one of our one of our listeners on Facebook, um, and I, forgive me because I, I don't have the name, and it's been it's been a crazy two weeks. I, I, mm-hmm. I posted on uh, Twitter about how Jesus Christ, we had vacations, and just nothing came together for us for the past few weeks. So it isn't for lack of trying. It just right crazy two weeks fell, and once we had our band reunion show that took right. up a lot of time, everything went crazy. My but, band had a show, and we we're working on our album. Wink, wink, wink. Right, coming out next month. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but they brought up a good point that uh, they believe that maybe Nacho was killed. So our listener from Facebook, Matthew Lavalle, uh, we we've read some of his comments before, but I have to give him credit. I was I was gonna I was gonna uh, 
glossed over it, but I I felt as I thought about it, I'm like the the dude needs credit for this. Okay, because this is the first time I've heard this. So Matthew Lavelli says from Facebook. Uh, Lalo asked Nacho. <laughs> Lalo asked Nacho to take him to the chicken farm. They went in the same car. All of a sudden, Nacho is not with him, not to be seen again. I believe Nacho was killed, and the next season there will be a backtracking to reveal that. I disagree. Disagree? Yes, because I. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Jimmy has not met Nacho yet. That's true. In Breaking Bad, he says, "Did Nacho send you?" That that doesn't mean that he can't learn about him though. I think that he's got to meet Nacho. Like, he doesn't even know Nacho. He doesn't know Nacho. Why would he throw Nacho's name out there? Unless because somehow, that's what he does. Unless somehow Nacho's name comes up in season four or whatever. That's what I'm like saying. Like a ghost character season or something. Five or something. But uh, no, I, I disagree. I think that I think that Nacho has to be involved with Jimmy in some facet leading up to Breaking Bad. Okay. All right. I'm just, hey, look, I'm just telling. No, I, what was it's not a bad theory. You don't have to yell at me. It's not a bad theory. Okay. And, uh, you know, given if we didn't know, if I didn't know that about Breaking Bad, then I would say that's a damn solid theory. Mm. But knowing that in Breaking Bad, I'm saying he has to know who Nacho is personally mm-hmm. and Lalo. Mm-hmm. I think he has not killed Nacho, mm-hmm. that they are going to be working together in some facet leading up to season, the end of season four. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Lalo's just going rogue right now. Yeah. You know, he is no, going rogue. Not going rogue. He's doing dil- due diligence. Due diligence. Right? He was obviously yeah. Well, sent I guess there you to... don't know if he's like if being directed to do so. I'm saying like acting without direction from the higher ups. Maybe who's, that who's... is his direction from the higher ups, oh, right? Because yeah. he just showed up out of nowhere because Nacho isn't part of the family, remember? Right. And Nacho obviously had been doing well for himself for like six months. Right. Then Lalo shows up cooking shit. I think, eating his lunch, <laughs> making him his lunch, then eating his lunch, and basically like, <laughs> well, you're not part of the family, and I'm in charge now. Remember? Because he's like, yeah. Parga, get out of here. Like, he totally. I think that Lalo's due diligence is what's going to make him discover that Gus owns Nacho, and I don't think he knows Gus owns Nacho yet. Okay. I think that's going to probably be a big dramatic moment I in think season he has an four. Idea. I, I think he does know that. I'm going to say... That he finds maybe whether or not he knows him dealing with it will be that mid season craziness that happens. Okay. So around episode five, season four. Season five. Episode five, season five. Mm-hmm. Lalo caps Nacho. Okay. All right. Cool. The duel of the double syllables. Okay. Gotcha. Mike's back at Travel Wire again. Not back at. <laughs> or he's, he's, he's at, there. He, right. he, he, he arrives. He talked at, to like their corporate headquarters or some shit like that. He arrives at Travel Wire. Right. So he's there. Uh, and good old Fred. Mm, Fred. Good old Fred tries to stave him off, but it gets guilt tripped. He does, because Mike has a pretty uh, convincing story involving mm-hmm. dementia and I'm assuming diabetes because he talks mm-hmm. about insulin and, uh, you know, the family. It's his brother in law and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 this is where I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, Mike's the perfect age for this role because he acts like a kind of a weak old man when he's talking mm-hmm. to him. But, this is supposed to be like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, in Mike's life. Right. And Mike's supposed to be, you know, and it's much, much younger. So I was like, that's kind of funny, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, good job. The thing that struck me the most is how much Fred looks like a young Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Yep. Fred Yankovic. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Not related to Al Yankovic. Right. But, you know, Fred Yankovic is a polka king. He right? is the polka king, yeah. Yeah. Mike convinces them to show him the the surveillance footage. Mm-hmm. And another thing I notice is how Mike 
commandeered. Yes. Which is the second time in this episode that some piece of equipment has been commandeered from the person working <laughs> it, right? Because Chuck took the microphone from Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Mike, <laughs> Mike shoves the size. Poor Fred. Poor Fred, just getting strong-armed. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, Fred. Uh, Do you think so? We'll get to that later. Yeah, get to that later. Well, then Gus rolls up. Gus rolls up, wants to read the letter. Mm-hmm. And this is where they have that. Mike says, I believe him. He'll get it done. He just doesn't see his wife. I think he's on the level. I think at th- I don't... Th- the minor setback at most. Mm-hmm. Nothing's at risk. Right. And uh, I just wrote here, Gus is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote how uh, how Mike says you got the most expensive hole in the ground this side of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I actually started to research <laughs> the biggest holes in the ground that side of the Mississippi, and then I totally lost uh, The Grand Canyon... No, well, not expensive because that shit was free. Well, I thought about that. Right, exactly. And then I was like, I, I thought about that, and I was thinking, well, there has to be like a missile silo or, or something or like a, a quarry. Right. You know, or like a subway tunnel or something. But mm-hmm. um, then I completely lost interest in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I was, uh, again, impressed with is how, well, I was I was impressed at first that Gus knew Werner's wife's itinerary. Yeah. But, wow. And I thought, wow, that guy has connections. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just as easy as calling the airline and <laughs> right, saying, like, hey, I'm looking for like whatever her name is. <laughs> Marguerite. Yeah, Marguerite. Like, yeah. when's she getting Margarita? off the plane? We're at because, <laughs> I mean, this is like post 9-11. So like, right. security was, was pretty strict back then. <laughs> and I get that they're trying to like institute the, the idea that Gus Well, they probably have eyes on her in Germany, right? Do you think they have eyes on her? Yeah, I, I think that's what they were going for is because he's not just going to hire these people. He's probably, right. after the initial interview, probably did recognize. To steal a Trumpism, thoroughly vet these people. Exactly, thoroughly. No, I'm sorry, extremely, extremely vet these people. Right. I'm sure he knew. Right. Yeah. Right. But I just, that was my first thought was, oh, he must have just called the airline because apparently Mike right. can just call, Mike can just call well, <laughs> Travel Wire. Or I, I just had this thought just popped into my brain here mm-hmm. is that they, they have transcripts of other conversations. No, they wouldn't. No, because they're speaking, speaking in code, yeah, right? Speaking code, yeah. Huh. Okay. Or I thought it was implied they were speaking in code. Or. Or maybe somebody brought he, that he's up. smart enough. He's smart enough not to know to say anything over the phone, which answers a question I had when he thought Marguerite arrived when mm-hmm. the phone rang, but she was still like nine hours away from landing. Remember they said her plane lands in nine hours and then mm-hmm. Mike catches up with him in like an hour, but he doesn't know his wife hasn't landed yet because he answers the phone and is like, hey, my darling, are you back? And it's Lalo. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't know exactly when she's arriving. He only knows that she's on her way. She was going to. Because they're speaking in code, they can't right. They have speak specific details, right? So right, she right. can't tell him I will arrive at nine p.m. Mm-hmm. It's just sometime. Yeah, which brings yeah. me to Mike finding out what hotel he's at because once again he just calls <laughs> as somebody who's ran hotels for well over a decade now. Yeah, Mister Experience, how does that work in your industry? Not at all. <laughs> I mean, it, now, okay. So first off, it, mm. it's probably feasible because front desk people do that all the time yeah even though they're trained not to right the official stance is you never tell anybody who's at your hotel because it's none of their business plus you never know mm-hmm. what's going on right? right people rent hotel rooms for all sorts of exactly shit. you know even in even in the classiest peninsula four seasons penthouse hotel mm-hmm. like i know for a fact 
that I've worked I've worked next well I, I think I've told this story before when John McCain came when John McCain came to one of the towns I was working in back in the day when he Rest was running for president Rest right in peace. yep the FBI and CIA and Secret Service and all that when that was where he was staying for his campaign stop mm-hmm. raided the hotel and cleared out two floors of the hotel oh. this is like a nice four star hotel okay right and what they cleared out was a high end escort and drug ring that's been running out of the hotel because again. The usual rules of Do they ho- know that they were doing that or they're just clearing Well, out you have everybody? your suspicions, but the general rule uh, of hotel management is like you always try to keep an eye on everything, mm-hmm. but it's not your you're not the police, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not your problem unless somebody makes it your problem. Right, okay. Right. So you you could know somebody somebody is running drugs or prostitution out of the room, mm-hmm. but the people that do that are are very sophisticated and they know the rules too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they just come in and flaunt it. You right, know what I mean? You right, just right. kind of get your suspicions and such, and you just kind of wait for a moment to safely ask them to leave. Like, because mm-hmm. I've called people flat out to their face before and be like, hey, I know what you're doing, man. And like, I'm, I'm only going to give you like till the end of the day to get out of my hotel before I have to call the cops. Okay. And the reason is, is because they probably done something that made it my problem. Right. Right. So if it's something, if you, you make it something I have to deal with, then I have to deal with it. But, you also can't just go around accusing people that have a lot of visitors mm-hmm. of running prostitutes. You know, you could probably say like, "Hey, you're having too many visitors. You got to knock it off," because like that's that's not how a hotel works, right? right? But you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's like a weird like feel it out spidey sense kind of okay. feeling that you have there. So front desk people, no matter how many times you tell them not to do that, because the official thing is, is usually if somebody calls, you know, you're like, uh, "I can't give out any information," but what I can do is take down your name and information. You know. And if somebody asks mm-hmm. for you, I could say that you called. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. But that doesn't always work that way because people pass along messages all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times people call the front desk and you would say, well, hey, you know, you're going to have to call back and you're going to have to dial the direct extension to the room because mm-hmm. if you knew this person, you know their extension. You know their extension, right. especially now in the age of cell phones. Mm-hmm. You know, so what you can do is take their information sometimes and you can't like really verify. Mm-hmm. But say somebody says that they're worried about somebody and they're trying to do a courtesy check. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, like, the best way to handle it, especially to uh, mitigate any liability that you might have, if somebody calls with that concern, unless you see the person, like, falling down of a heart attack and, you know, you, mm-hmm. you somehow know, because there are people that come in and out of hotels quite frequently, business travelers or, right. you know, such, what you can do is take their information, and then if that person's in the hotel, you can do a courtesy check. Right. You know, and if the person's okay, you just be like hey just so you know so-and-so called for you i didn't tell him you were here but so-and-so called for you so you might want to contact them right right or if you think it's really bad you know you call the police and you ask them to come do come do a wellness check and Mm -hmm. then you can let them in the room Mm -hmm. because uh just public service announcement if you're in a hotel the managers have the legal right to go into the room anytime they want. Like people are like, I, I paid for this room for three days. It's like, motherfucker, I got the key. I can come in. Right, I, not, rent, I rented you that room. Right. This is a lease, right. not or this is a rental, not a lease. Right? right. It's like so that's that whole thing. But um front so it's it's plausible that front desks would do that. But like I feel high end resorts and such, it's very hard to get somebody that would do that in my opinion because mm. i would be pissed off at my staff if i found out that they gave any information right about one of the guests i don't care if it's somebody's husband come in which happens because mm-hmm. people cheat on their right you know even even husbands like they'll be like hey that's my wife and i've had to almost have people arrested before because mm. they've been like well i know she's here and if you don't tell me where she is i go knocking on every door and i'll mm. just tell people flat out be like well well you need to handle that with her but if she's here that's not my problem and if you go knocking on every door you're going to get arrested for trespassing and disturbing the peace you right. know what i mean so it's like so I'm just saying, 
for Mike to call the hotel <laughs> like, and just be like, oh, I'm looking for so-and-so again, and then he knows exactly where they're at. Mm-hmm. For me, in my professional mind, that was a little bit of a stretch. But in my realistic mind, that probably happens all the time. So I was listening, you know, going back to when Mike finds the brochures, mm-hmm. he mutters a word to himself mm-hmm. that makes him think hot springs. Yeah. So then I went and I Googled hot springs and translated it to German. <laughs> it's not the word Mike said. So I don't know what that was. I thought, you know, it was a whole like, uh-oh, Werner taught Mike the word that Mike used to catch Werner. Right. So, know. but like. So my thought on that was, was it the name of the resort that they kept no, saying? Or no, was it, it like- was, he, 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 uh, he caught the word hot springs. So then he pulled all the brochures that were for hot springs. Cause it was the third hotel he called that was that confirmed. Yeah. Remember the first two said no, which would have been a lot more realistic or cooler. If the, the first one that said no, he was actually there. They just said no, cause they don't want to tell him. Right. But yeah. And that's one of my favorite moments was when he pulls the brochures and then and then fred's like hey did you find your guy and he just like walks out totally different atmosphere totally different attitude about him he just walks out without Mm -hmm. a word right like okay that's pretty awesome (laughs) (laughs) awesome and then yeah lalo's following him yeah i was still not sure during this whole thing if (laughs) warner was really that stupid (laughs) you know what i mean yes because then i was thinking is he really that lovesick or was it like an elaborate double ruse where he was given information to one of his people in Germany and his wife coming in was going to come over and he was going to give it that. That's where I was going. No, because Gus, Gus knowing what's going on makes you think it, it, it has to be legit. She has to be really be on her way. Yeah. Gus would know. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I thought I had to. Interesting though. That's a very interesting thought. Yeah. Would have been a, the old wag danger there. Yeah. Yeah. Flash forward to Howard. Howard looks good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so first off, yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear that Hamlin Hamlin McGill is back. Yeah, back and going strong. Yeah. That's on right. a side note, uh, I text uh, Patrick Fabian mm-hmm. and congratulated him on a great season. And his his Uber movie Driver X mm-hmm. has been picked up on the, um, the I've heard festival. I've heard yeah, getting shown at festivals, which is the next short step towards distribution. Exactly, and uh, he said he may be coming into town. Oh really? To promote that, nice. And he and he's like, I'll let you guys know. We'll we'll hang out and do a face to face. So hell yeah, that would be awesome. A face to face, and hopefully, you can get us tickets to a festival in Chicago, yeah. like Mike Arnell, Mike Nardelli, Michael Nardelli did, but we couldn't make the festival. That handsome son of a bitch. We need to talk to him again too. Yeah. So like, of all the people we talked to, and I counted, we've talked to like seventy five people of note, nice. I guess, on our podcast and stuff like that. Which mm-hmm. again, it's way more than a couple of idiots should ever. Be yeah, allowed probably. To. Uh, but Patrick Fabian is consistently one of the the nicest people. Yes, he uh, he'll text me from time to time. He, he I think he genuinely appreciates us being nerds about his craft. Yeah, and, and he legitimately just seems like a super super nice guy. Totally, and 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 it, it's adding a, another layer of perspective to it for me because he's currently leading in a movie that is like independently done and trying to get promotion. Like he's not like Seth Rogen who can just throw together a movie and get it out there. Mm-hmm. You know. Like so, he kind of knows what it's like to do something. He's just—he seems like he's passionate about it, and he—that's his nerd thing, right? And nerd things appreciate nerd things, right? So that's why it's easier to get podcasters to do your podcast interview. If they have a podcast, they're likely to say yes. Yeah. If they don't know what podcasts are, then they big time you and say other stupid shit too. Right. Yeah. But it's cool. Yeah. One of my favorite guests by far. Yeah. So just a side note. So um, 
uh, when things calm down a little bit, because we're still like in this weird, crazy mode. So mm-hmm. when things calm calm down a bit, you know, I'll reach out to him again. See, because he's like, yeah, anytime you want to have me on. But I also feel bad all the time being like, hey, Patrick, come on our show here. Because he's been on like six times. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be that guy that's like, hey, I have a celebrity friend. Right. You know, when really I'm just like a guy he's talked to on the phone several times. You know? Right. I'm under yeah. no illusion. I'm not it's like. It's not like Brandon Hampton. Right? You know, you know. <laughs> For the record, he's also a very sweet guy. He is. Very, very sweet dude. Uh, the little TV crew cronies. I love it. Yeah. Planting the seeds. The film kids. Spreading the news, as I wrote down, they're spreading the other plane. That was that's the phrase I was looking for. They're they're sowing the seeds of like, man, it's that it's that whole subtle, uh, underplaying your hand thing. Right? Oh, that know? was you. Like you did this, and someone's yeah. like, oh. no, that that wasn't me. Because then that gets him talking on the other side of it too, like spreading the buzz. Like right. <laughs> that little camera crew thought I was in charge. I'm not in charge of this. Like, right. I, I didn't have anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Some then, people think, yeah, they don't really know who did, and then and then the actor girl starts, you know, oh, Jimmy paid for it, and yeah, pocket, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I love that Jimmy's better idea than going through oh. all that was arson. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I put a concocts another rescue scheme, like mm-hmm. the billboard, you know, yeah, which worked you, that time, right? Got yeah. a lot of clients, <laughs> right? <laughs> Saving a judge from a fire. So here's what we'll do: is we'll put someone's life in danger, right? Set fire to their office. Yeah, it's not malicious. It's just right. it's just setting the scene, right? <laughs> right, staging the scene, staging the scene. Yeah, to light up. Yeah. Also, twenty three thousand dollars. Yeah, I want to know that too. A lot of money. Anyway, especially back then, it was probably like, that's probably like twenty six thousand dollars. Yeah, I was saying, I was going to say like twenty three five. Inflation. Yep. <laughs> but is, that, were, is that rent or wages? Because they don't go up the same anymore. That's true. Oh, that's America. True. Mm. Uh, we're back on the trail of Warner. Mike's uh, Mike's pretty sure that he tracks down, you know, he knows the hotel now because mm-hmm. even I went on a diatribe about that. But, yeah, I guess apparently it's that easy. <laughs> it's that easy. And uh, he notices he's being tailed mm-hmm. and goes all MacGyver. All MacGyver. I like how they set that up, too, where he opens the, <laughs> opens the glove box and it has a... There's the gun. The gun. And, and then he reaches behind it. They've yeah, done he that like a pushes it aside and <laughs> yeah, grabs, grabs the gun. Grabs the gum. Yep. Well, they kind of rhyme. Yeah. Very close. Gun. Gum. None. Yeah. And uh, devises this little blockade. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit plan. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that thing would have. Well, what, here's, what I, here's what I wrote down, since people love it when we read our notes word for word. Mm-hmm. Would that really work? I can't get a vending machine to take a dollar bill. <laughs> 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 exactly. Let alone an aluminum foil mm-hmm. with gum in it. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's not aluminum, but whatever that is. I, I uh, clever but, as shit though. Yeah, and Mike Mike was awful lucky that somebody in his row of cars just decided to go out on lunch break. Well, he was gonna time. wait. I mean that that I had no problem with because he mm-hmm. obviously pulled in. He was gonna wait as long as it took because he knew he was just being tracked, mm-hmm. so he's not in danger. So he can wait for any asshole to pull out mm-hmm. and get that space. So I was okay with that. Not okay with the gum in the machine. Yeah, and, and as I wrote the sequence of how right he he <laughs> so. So the okay, so the weird thing about that, right? Besides the gum in the foil and the machine, mm-hmm. so the sequence of events was the gate opens, mm-hmm. and then he puts payment in. <laughs> right? No, no, the gate opens. He takes his he, ticket. No, he he puts the ticket. Right? Wait, what? No. Yeah, that's how that works. You take a ticket. Take his time stamped. You hold on to that ticket. When you leave, you reinsert that. But ticket. he was leaving. So where was he going to pay for the parking? Oh, oh, he grabbed oh. a ticket when he came in. He sat yeah, there. I thought that's what you meant. On his way out. I thought that's what you meant when he came right. in. Okay. On so his on his way, way out, out mm-hmm. you had to put your ticket in. Mm-hmm. 
And then the gate opens, right. and then he submits payment that gums up the works. Gums up the works. See what I'm saying, though? No, the gate opens, and then he inserts just anything. It's like it's like the machine. It's supposed to be that the machine thinks it's taking another ticket. That's not how parking garages work, though. Do they? I don't know. I park in a lot of parking garages, and I've, I've never but seen I've one never, open the gate. I've, I've never tried to put anything in the gate when the gate's up, either. So I cannot confirm nor deny if that would work. Because to me, Did what I'm pay? thinking, and the way it's written, is that uh, he had to have paid because the gate's up. So the gate goes up to let him out, and then the machine just sits there waiting for you to insert something. So as long as you insert something, it's going to suck it in, like your mom. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Uh-huh. So the reader's just going to start accepting as long as you insert something, apparently any material, mm-hmm. it's going to at least pull it in a little bit until it hits the reader, mm-hmm. right? And then it'll notice that it's not a dollar bill and spit it back out normally. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a mechanism that, like, if the gate's up, the reader won't work and it won't accept anything. Okay. In my mind, it's just it's always willing to accept whatever okay. you put in. All right. Right. I guess that has to be how it works for this to work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, because if, if not, what's Plan B? In my in my limited <laughs> experience with parking lots and parking garage, I'm just saying I I use those you know types of services okay. all the time. Ah, oh, damn it! I park in a garage all the time, but it's they actually have a, a worker, mm-hmm. a Mike Airman Trout, if you will, on mm-hmm. your way out in downtown Joliet. Um, and in Chicago, I don't want to try it because it's like fifty thousand dollars an hour to park anywhere. Right. So if I ever come across a garage that's cheap. And I can do this experiment. I will try it. Okay. I will make my payment, and as the gate opens up, I'll try and put something in. I'm just gonna say I don't think I don't think it works like that. I don't know. It's definitely not gonna suck the entire thing in. Yeah. That. I mean, it was an that. it was an awesome idea, right? right. It, I mean, it was a really cool MacGyverish kind of way to. I do have a friend that we can ask, whose okay. name is Mike. Oh, nice. But he fixes toll booths, mm-hmm. not runs them. Okay, so you He's ask him to report back. I will ask. I will ask Mike. I wasn't so late at calling right now. I will ask my friend who works on like all the parking garages in Chicago mm-hmm. if that will work. Okay. If it will, because that's the question, right? Just to verify, we're asking if when the gate's up, if it will accept a ticket. Yeah. I'll ask him that. Okay. Please do. Lalo gets impatient because the next guy is obviously not able to pay now. Right. And then, you know, busts through his car. <laughs> He pushes them out. So, way to be Not, stealth. Yeah. <laughs> way to be stealth. All this snooping around, like, super binoculars from, like, hundreds of yards away, mm-hmm. tailing Mike from several car lengths away. But, hey, man, when you're down to business, sometimes you just got to push through. Yeah. Even okay. if there's a car in the way. Okay. If I, I had a 442, I wouldn't do that to the car in front of me. I'd probably find a way to go around or maybe find a different gate. But by then, Mike's gone. Right, so time that, was of the essence. He, he let his impatience get the best of him, but that's not exactly the most inconspicuous way. Right, but no, that was too necessary. I think that was a necessary move. Okay, okay, just struck me as odd. Yeah, d- no, totally. Struck it's me. the most conspicuous it's, thing, especially and, and, since they seem like really calculating. And you would think that the cops would be there soon, but yeah. he's gone. Especially since that guy's car is kind of totaled. Right, you know, most he's got, he's like got strawberry milkshake all over him, which right. <laughs> breaks <laughs> my heart. It's my favorite kind of milkshake. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy, man. Yeah. I've no been man. there. I've I've been there. Yeah. I mean, I I got fend like not even fender bender, but somebody has bumped me in a drive through at least twice in my life. Yeah. But not like that. Okay. Then we're at the uh, Chuck McGill scholarship thingy. The Chuck McGill scholarship thingy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right where they're because mm-hmm. uh, which I which 
I thought Jimmy wouldn't have wanted to serve on, so I'm wondering. I think he did it why? as I, I he was there as part of the as part of the thing, right? Yes. He, you know. Yes. Watermelon, whatever. Watermelon pickles. Watermelon pickles. The party and all that. It's all right. part of the. All part of the ruse. We throw a watermelon pickle party. Mm-hmm. I did like, I did like one. I like the cutting and editing of, of when they were interviewing. Oh yeah, my note on that was um, I like how they cut the kids off because that's how Jimmy's listening to them. Oh, good call. Yeah, I thought it was just an edit for time, but that's probably column A, column B. But that's pretty clever because that's what Jim, or maybe that's just me. But that's what Jimmy would do. Like he doesn't give a shit about these kids because he he's he's not identifying with them. So as soon as he starts talking. I'll just cut him. Just, but he, he did listen you know. to uh, Christy Esposito, the shoplifter. That's right, the shoplifter. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. Right, the shoplift. Yeah, you know, and that that was actually a, a nice little piece of humanity, I guess, from Jimmy. Kind of felt a kinship there. Well, yeah, kinship about how uh, he's trying to like he sees himself in that person, so that's who he wants to give it to because he knows the path they're going to be on if they're not given an opportunity, right. like he was, and right. his whole which leads to the whole speech that he gives her. Mm-hmm. Which is probably shorter than your speech about giving away people's names in hotel rooms. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I thought that was pretty brilliant. I thought that was a great piece of writing. The whole mm-hmm. give it to this kid. She made the mistake, blah, blah, blah. Then he chases her down and tells her, like, you're not going to get it. You never will. Yeah. You got to cut corners. And she's like, what? How do I? Like, a lot of how truth do I in take that, this guy? A lot of truth in that, mm-hmm. though. Especially totally. when he's like, you know, that all you're ever his, all you're ever going to be to them is the shoplifter. Right. Your mistake is who you are, and that's all you are. Right. Right. Yeah. He's slipping Jimmy. He knows. Yeah. Right. Literally. Very, very poignant. Yeah. Very cool. Very poignant. And then the and whole. one thing I noticed too, by the way, hmm. you notice nobody on this show has kids. No one has kids. No one that we know. That's of. why they're successful. Well, I, guess, I guess. Right. <laughs> I guess that's not true. Mike has kids, but it seems like nobody else has. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stacy does though. That's true. Mike's, okay. Mike's kid kid. Mike's kid has a kid. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm trying to think. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's also like I, I, I've, I think I've said before. Nobody else <laughs> really seems to have friends either. Most shows don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, no. But it's kind of a half joke. Mm-hmm. I'm half serious. Like maybe that's why these these people have free time to have all this drama because you know you have a family. Mm-hmm. How much time you have for drama and all that bullshit? <laughs> well, besides right? drama created by my family. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. It, it, uh, then it turns into a family sitcom. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jimmy's also, it's really hard to write. I mean, as much as they flesh out the reality, mm-hmm. that's a lot of characters and a yeah, lot of yeah. story. Yeah, I get it. Just the thought I had. Jimmy's car breaks down. So does Jimmy. <laughs> Zing. Yeah. I even wrote any esteem, <laughs> any esteem corollary, Dave. <laughs> yeah, he's all out of esteem. That's right. His esteem is gone. It's funny because I was thinking in my own head. I should make an esteem corollary, mm-hmm. but I didn't. You didn't? No. You missed it. No, and I didn't even be as clever as you. I just said, car won't start, Jimmy breaks down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, car broke down, so did Jimmy. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Lalo shows up at Travel Wire. Suddenly, Fred, Fred is a good employee all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lalo, see, and I think, it, I think it's a slightly, good. Lalo's tactic was slightly different. <laughs> and plus, he's kind of eerie, too. And, so. and the yeah, he's... He's 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 in this zone, and Mike maybe Mike's more experienced with you. Mm-hmm. Is he can flip off the character where Lalo can't quite shut off the mm-hmm. intensity because he's in track down mode. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it definitely puts Fred off. Yeah, very off putting. 
And this must, and then I said, uh, somehow finds out where, what hotel Warner is also. Check, <laughs> check the security tapes. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, check security tapes after he climbed through the ceiling. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, because you know, those foam panels, it, it's amazing how in like every show, the, the only foam panel that's weak is the one they fall through. Right. Like the rest of them will hold up mm-hmm. and he can climb on them until the perfect, perfect spot to fall through. Mm-hmm. And then that's the weak one. Right. Every time. Though that's how the professionals do it. They can spot that. Right. <laughs> um, so do you think Fred's dead? Yeah. You think job dead, Fred? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I think he's dead. I, I, think. I was thinking that. And then when it showed the person knocking on the door and he waves them off, I thought maybe he just sent Fred running. No, because it showed Fred's feet oh, face it? down. As it, as it panned to Lalo checking out the equipment, it, it opened up with Fred faced his okay, feet face I, down. I might have been writing because mm-hmm. the first time I watched it, I took no notes. Mm-hmm. The second time I watched it, I took notes. So I think mm-hmm. I noticed that the first time I watched it, but then forgot because it had been weeks. Mm-hmm. And then so then when I rewatched it again, I think mm-hmm. I was writing, so I didn't notice. Um, but I think the first time I thought Fred's merely unconscious. No, yeah, I'm just a little pistol whip up top to head. No, it, that pre- happens all the time in movies. I'm pretty sure he was dead because of his, uh, Lalo's stone cold. Yeah, but does Lalo want to leave a wake of death? I don't know. He did a hit and run. <laughs> I mean, he didn't kill that guy. No, I think I think he's just like I said. He's just. I vote he's knocked out. Okay, you I would. Vote, you, you vote he's dead. Yeah. So let us know if you think he's knocked out or dead. But I think Fred's dead. And then Mike's back to being Batman. Werner's on the Werner's on the phone with Lalo. Mike just appears out of nowhere. Just grabs it yeah. off camera. Again, because hotels typically let people who aren't staying at the hotel just wander onto their Yeah, totally. <laughs> wander onto their pool deck. Okay. I do that all the time. Yeah. Okay. That's how I get to swim for free every day. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And uh Werner had a really nice uh Hawaiian shirt. I, I was yeah. digging his Hawaiian shirt. Big open chest down in Bahama, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how you gotta do it, man. In the crocs. Of course. I didn't know the Crocs. It's called class. Dave. That's right. It's called, called comfort. Comfort and class. He's on, he's on a four-day vacay, right. as far as he knows. Mm-hmm. It turns out it's going to be a lot longer it's than like, that. It's like a guy <laughs> peeing sitting down. It's like a, it's strictly a comfort thing. <laughs> it's not I like, only do that in the morning after I drink a lot. Yeah. Or in the middle of the night, if my legs aren't quite working yet, I'll, I'll sit down to pee sometimes. Okay. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Good TMI on this one. Okay. <laughs> No, okay. So then, when Michael grabs the phone, mm-hmm. I love this. This sarcastically, I fucking hate this movie trope. Okay, this goddamn movie trope. When it goes silent, and then Lalo's first thought is Michael. Right. <laughs> is that you? Like of all the possibilities. Right. Oh no, it's just Michael showed up. Yeah, I, I think I would have been like, "Hello." Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hey, hello. And then I would check my phone. Mr. Ziegler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just Michael. Yeah. Is that you? <laughs> I wish you could see me. I'm totally doing the face. You were? Uh, back at Jimmy and Kim's pad, Kim is hard at work on Jimmy's appeal speech. Scripting it. Yeah. Down to the order of emotions. Yeah. Very nice. Ride Very or thoughtful. die. Right? She's she's yeah. all about it. Ride or die. She, she's, she's all about Jimmy. And the one line I noted is this is the one time you don't want to wing it. Mm-hmm. Because what does he do? He wings it. Exactly. Okay. Good, good catch. And I can say whatever. I'm still that guy because mm-hmm. that's a song that we wrote called that guy. Nice. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes back to the whole speech with, uh, with, uh, crispy Esposito. Mm-hmm. No matter what I say, I'm slipping Jimmy. Right. So right. What if Chuck says it for me? Look at you. All right. Nice. I do. I do like, uh, I was happy to see that we were finally going to get to hear what was in the letter. I thought the letter thing was just going to be 
He wrote the letter. Or he read the letter when, when he first got it. Right, but it was in the scene where he's he, he said, instead of doing your speech, how about I let Chuck speak for me? And he mm-hmm. held up the letter. Right. So that's when I was like, oh, we're going to get to hear Chuck's letter. I thought we already heard Chuck's letter. No, that's he didn't what made Kim he, cry. No, he he just what made Kim cry was he just kind of looked at it and he says, "Say what you will about Chuck, the man can write a letter." And then he just kind of tosses it aside. That's why Kim cried. It's because he showed no emotion or even ability to give a shit about his dead brother's last words I to him. Thought that he read the letter. He did, but not aloud. He looked at it. He read it, and oh, then I thought it, he read it aloud. The, no, the audience didn't hear it. He, unless I'm remember this completely incorrectly, but I'm like pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he, he read the letter aloud because I remember all the stuff about I don't want these words to die with me. Proud to then maybe he didn't brother. read the entire thing. I don't think he read the entire thing because then he said, "I think he's." And then I think he summarized like the second half. Yeah, it was yeah. like one of them, blah, 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 yeah, right. brothers, blah, it blah. It started okay. off, he did definitely read the opening. Right. Aloud. So I guess I'm saying that's that's where I thought they would have left that, was mm-hmm. just because she got upset that he had no emotions towards that whatsoever. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. And then when he said, I'll let Chuck speak for me, I got excited because like it was like, okay, now we're going to hear what's actually in the letter as opposed to, here's a summary of what my dead brother wrote in his letter. Which he didn't did. even do. Huh? Which he didn't even do. Yeah, well, that's what I thought at that time. <laughs> and it hadn't gotten that far. It hadn't gotten that far in the episode yet. Right? Right. Right. Okay, cool. So Michael and Werner are in the desert. Mike and Werner make out point. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Just as tense as when I took my prom date there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gus is aware of who Lalo is working for. He's well, he knew the whole time. Even when they had that meeting, right? He knew Lalo was with the Salamacus. Yeah, I guess that's true. I and guess Lalo, just in the moment I wrote, Gus knows who Lalo is working for. Right? Mm-hmm. He he knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe he 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 surmised that it was Lalo that Mike was talking to because Mike just says he was on the phone with somebody. Yeah. Right. I don't think Mike said he was on the phone with Lalo. He just said that Warner was on the phone. Well, something must have made me write that. So, that and then he didn't say he did say like he was on the phone. He didn't say anything important. Yeah. Well, one know? way or another, Gus is obviously just putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Right? Do you think like, that's the moment that Gus decided to off him? No, I think he probably knew way before. Way before. But, but I think, I think he is starting to like see like the bigger, bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, he's starting to how he's totally making this way more complicated and expensive and ridiculous to get out of than if you just let Warner come back. But he doesn't, he, I guess that's true. That's what I wrote. That's what I think. I think Gus made this whole situation way messier than it should be to prove that point. Or because he can't trust Warner. And, and that's a perspective I can't have because I don't run a multinational drug corporation. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Still working on it. But he was, uh, Warner was also talking in code. And I'm pretty sure that they're aware he's talking in code, right? You're right. Dead man. T- so the easiest way to stop any of that bullshit, if he's tipping, remember, because I said earlier, like maybe, maybe there was, you know, there could have been like some sort of suspicion that he was, mm-hmm. or that didn't come to pass, but it, uh, that was the thought I had. Remember, right? So like maybe he was speaking in code. You know, he does. He doesn't know what the wife knows. True. Yeah. Right. Because Mike even addresses that before everything went down. And right. Like, you know what is your, you know, like what what's going to happen know? with your wife? Right. Right. So Gus wants to kill. Werner and wants mm-hmm. Mike to hold him, mm-hmm. and so in an act- no, he wants Mike to bring him in. No, he wants to hold him there in the desert. I because- first, he said no. Mike's offered to bring him in. Then Gus said no, hold him. Right, right. And out of an act of compassion, 
Mike decides that he'll be the one to do it. Like putting down a dog. Well, yeah, because he'll be a little more gentle <laughs> about yeah. it. It won't be a gangland assassination. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. Like the incomplete, especially everything we know from Gus from even in this series is kind of vindictive and masochistic, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it, like it was, it was a mercy killing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a mercy. You know, yeah, Gus would have made, Gus would have made him suffer probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Werner. <laughs> so this is where, once again, they solidify the whole, he's just a lovesick puppy. Mm-hmm. How naive does Werner have to be? Apparently, because right? he's trying to talk his way out of it, he's like, "Oh, I'll just make him understand." Right? How did he even get in this game to begin with? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah, that's like, kind of how do you even get involved in this to begin with? And apparently, their vetting process is kind of flawed to pick a person like this again. Why Mike know? has to do it? Right? Right? Because it was Mike's mistake. He's very much about. Right. He's very principled, but he's also about taking responsibility for his own Cause, failures. Because the douchebag guy, when they Mike was doing his interviews. The guy that didn't check the details, the guy that he turned down at first, probably wouldn't have done what Werner did. Right. But Werner does a better job. Right. So it's like like trying to pick a quarterback in the NFL, dude. Yeah. This is why I like the movie Draft Day. Because there's a lot more than just how far and how I can throw a football when it comes to being Every, a every time you bring up a movie, the first thought in my head always goes, does Dave honestly think I know what he's talking about? <laughs> I've seen like 10 movies <laughs> Not at all. in my life. Not at all. But... but- but that's yeah, that's the whole thing is is uh, is when you're making these hires is you have to take into account character, not mm-hmm. just job performance, mm-hmm. especially in these stressful situations. Yeah, Mike chose poorly. Mm-hmm. Mike had to deal with it. Mike has to deal with it, and and the naive thing because he, when Mike says, "What did you really think was going to happen?" He's like, "Well, I thought my friend Michael would be really mad, but eventually he'd understand and forgive me." Yeah, it's like. Dude. Yeah. Again, <laughs> how did you get in this business? How does that happen? You don't know who you're messing with. Like, you have no idea who you're messing with. Right. Right. And uh, <laughs> and then he starts negotiating, right? Because right. he's like, oh, I could talk to, I could talk this out. Mm-hmm. You know, I can make him understand. Mm-mm. Yeah. And Mike starts to get a little emotional because, you know, as you stated, there's, they kind of developed at least somewhat of they, a bond. They are so. friends. They're kind of buddy. They em- em- Empathetic towards each other, at least. Yeah. You know, exactly. If if Warner hadn't taught Mike German, Mike couldn't have tracked him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's true. So yeah, that's that's what makes the scene. That's what I said. Tough watch. Yeah. This scene was a tough watch. This was really intense and a great job on the one person in the show that hasn't been on our podcast. You know what? You know what else I feel is an un- unnecessary risk. <laughs> Why did Mike give Werner his phone? In an act of desperation, Werner could have just like spouted off everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess he was kind of holding over him his men. Maybe he thought that the rest of the men were going to die had he done that. Yeah, I think, I think at, the way the scene played out, I think it just seemed to me that Warner just knew. At that moment, he knew, like he just accepted it. Yeah, he's like he he, he went from you know like I can get out of this to like oh 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 it's over. Yeah, you know. Okay, I'm saying it's still a risky move. It is. It is a risky. I'd move. have been like, yeah, let me call my wife. And I'd be like, bitch, they gonna kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in New Mexico. First off, it's better than old Mexico, but I'm in Mexico digging an underground, and then that's when I would have got shot. Right. Right. <laughs> digging an underground. <laughs> the addresses. <laughs> Go eat little poles from Mars. Talk to Gus. <laughs> but yeah, didn't, didn't he also say? Okay, so then. Didn't Mike also assure Warner that the men, well, the men are trusted, right? Because He said Warner, the men are trusted. They'll be let go, they're done, but they're trusted, so they'll be okay. Right, they're going home, mm-hmm. right? Right. I don't think so. 
I don't you think you think Mike lied. You think Mike lied? No, I think I think Mike thinks that that's true, but I think Gus offs them all. Okay. Ooh. Because Gus is the big man in charge. Right? That would be a hell of a way to start season five. That's I'm just saying. I, I think because they did that in Breaking Bad. Yeah. I, I forgive my lack of my forgive my ignorance, but there was definitely a bunch of people getting murdered in jail. Yeah. There was definitely a hit list that got carried out. Well, that was that was like the the white, uh, the like white supremacist gang towards mm. the very end. Yeah. Of Breaking Bad. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think Gus is still going to kill everybody. And this this was... And he buries them in the concrete. First off, I think, I think they were going to... He buries them in the concrete. Right. Their <laughs> bodies are in the concrete of the wall of the meth lab. Mm-hmm. Like the cask of Amontillado. Mm-hmm. Or something. Cask of... I still I still hold that the, the plan was they were all going to die anyway. You think so? You think he's just going to use them and kill them? Yeah. Absolutely 100%. Okay. Okay. So basically, Warner, so like Warner the, just sped up his own fate then. Yeah. And he, basically, so in, in that case, if that's true, then Warner wins because he set Gus back. He could have carried out the job and then died. Instead, he died and set Gus back, and now Gus has to start all over. Well, that may, that may be true, but Gale seems to be pretty impressed by the most expensive hole in the ground that side of the Mississippi. Well, Gale's just excited to cook. He must already be on meth. Yeah, but... Mm. What's his deal? Is this that deal that he just sees like making a pure drug a challenge because he's that into chemistry? Probably that into chemistry owes Gus a favor, or whatever, and just he's excited to please Gus. He's young and naive, and uh, he's probably on meth. I love how the implication is, is that Gail has probably asked Gus a million times to mm-hmm. start doing this, and it was like right. a child just keep right. asking you for the same toy or whatever over and over, and you keep telling him no, mm. and he's just like, "Well, we, we will do it right. <laughs> like, just stop it, like." I want to get to that in one second, but first, the reason I wrote about the whole, like, this is an awful lot of extra shit and putting Gus's operation at risk with all this extra nonsense Mm -hmm. is when Mike tells Warner, like, your questions will be answered. German lawyers are going to show up. They're going to make a whole backstory about a work accident. Like, that is, now you're involving international lawyers. You're You're, you're involving Gus's international lawyers. Yeah, you're involving so many more layers that might not even let them come back. They might just get rid of the body somehow. So you think Mike's lying to him? No, I I don't think Mike knows any different. Okay. <laughs> I think Mike thinks that's how it's going to go down. Okay. Gus has. You're right, because I'm If he can find out Gus's what flight and everything that bitch is on, I'm sure he has the means to, like, make her look like the crazy lazy. The, the plane goes down. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about the plane. Because the air traffic controller's daughter just died in right. a tragic <laughs> right, heroin right. accident. I just feel like. Gus has a plan beyond all this. Mike, Mike's not like a partner of Gus. He's he's a, an employee. I think of Gus Mike's kind of speaking out of turn. No, Mike just knows what he's told to know. Mike just knows what he's I guess. Told speak, to know. Yeah, speaking out of turn is speaking speaking out of turn. Mm. Speaking out of turn is the wrong phrase. Mm. But yes, yeah, Mike might actually believe what he says. Right, which would make Mike kind of naive too. Something yeah. him and his. But buddy, I mean, that's that's Mike's not perfect. Right, no half measures. He he makes mistakes from time to time. Right, right. He does. That's one of his flaws. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, Gus is already going to kill these people. He probably okay. already has a plan in place to how to explain their deaths. Or if they're all the way over here, and nobody knows where they're at or how they got there, right, mm-hmm. or anything, you know, he just may have a mean. It's not like they're posting on Facebook or whatever. You know, they, right. they, he might just it might just be in Germany. Like, uh, we have family members that went to America and disappeared. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, totally. And then one thing I was going to say about the scene with Gail in the hole. Why is Gail in the hole? 
because I think I think what happened was that's what be, I want to know. Because Gus is already determined that he's going to kill everybody, so obviously construction is going to halt. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I think he brings Gale down. Whether or not you're right, it's established construction is going to halt because even Mike said they're done. Mm-hmm. So construction's halted. Right. So. So I think he was just he was just showing Gale, like in an attempt to see if uh, if Gale could work with the space. Right, because he even kind of alluded, he's like, I can work with this. He's like, yeah, right. he's like this is big enough. Just need ventilation. Right, because they're not going to dig anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like it, yeah, and then he's like, oh, we just need ventilation. So in Gus's mind, he's like, all right, so it, the size is what the dude needs to do what I need him to do. Okay. Right? I got to finish this because mm-hmm. it's not going to get done until it's done right. Right. But it's, so, it's not like they had, it's, it's not like the size of the garage that I'm sitting in now well, was dug out, right? Slightly bigger. Huh? Slightly bigger. Slightly. Slightly, you know what I mean? Though I, I think he was using Gale as a means to gauge. Yeah, like a gauge, Gale the gauge. Right, right. Yeah. Like can you bring him down here, show him like, is this going to work? Right, is, is this is, big it, enough for did you? I, did I do good? Did I do good? Okay. Right, it's like framing a house. Right, he hasn't put the kitchen or the cabinets or anything in yet. But hey, is this a big enough house? Yeah, but when it you is? when okay. you hire a contractor to build your house, you don't bring in like the owner of a like sized house because Gale isn't the cook. So you don't bring in like a similar owner in and be like, check my progress. Are we all right here? Yeah, but what you do when you go to buy a house, you do kind of, the house isn't completely built out. You walk, you can walk in and be like, yeah, you know what? I like this space. Yeah, sure. You can't, can't wait to inspect finish, it halfway you know? And then like, I guess you keep yeah. going with that. You know, if you're like, oh, no, no, this is great. Like, I'll just fucking put a sleeping bag right here. I'll just move in today. And they're like, no, it's not fucking done yet. Okay. Right? I think that's kind of what, what was going okay. on there. Okay. Okay. Also, that scene was filmed darker than the whole series Ozarks. Hey-o. Have you ever seen the Ozarks? I've seen the first season. Is it is that I the darkest en- fucking show on TV? I enjoyed it, and I noticed it is very blue. It it's is very so blue, but goddamn blue and dark. Yes. There's sometimes I watch that, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! It yeah. might as well be a fucking radio show. <laughs> we should like, maybe do a show about that in the off season. It's very Breaking Badish. Yeah, kind of. I, I did. I did think it's a so little derivative of the. Okay, old so here, here's my movie. issue with the Ozarks. Not to go on another tangent, mm-hmm. but there's that hillbilly family. Yeah, right. Ruth has, and then her father Cade mm-hmm. gets released, and Cade's a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. I hate how every explanation for every time she tries to better herself or get out or anything, it always comes back to Cade being like. We're criminals, little girl. Mm-hmm. We know we're criminals. And it just kind of reminded me of like, remember in like 80s cartoons where every bad guy had no real reason other than the fact <laughs> that it, like, like we're going to ruin their party. Why? Because we're evil. Right. <laughs> or like there would always be the character that had the child and the child wanted to do good. And the father's like, no, we're not going to go. We're not going to help them with their science experiment. We're going to sabotage it because mm. we're evil, and that's what we do. That's how I feel that the bad, the hillbilly Cade guy is. O'Doyle rules, man. Yeah. It's pretty much. <laughs> sums up. Billy Madison summed it up for us. O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. Yep. So, Your whole family's going down. So that's my issue with the Ozarks. It's, it's, I don't like the cartoonish like, oh, we're just going to be dicks. Mm. Not because we make bad decisions, just because we're criminals. <laughs> just, we're bad. That's just who we are. Right. That's exactly. He says yeah. that shit. He's like, oh, that's who there we are. Go. We're criminals. It's so lame. Except you don't know, accept his homosexuality. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> not that I ever, not that there's anything wrong with that. Right, right, right. You know. Right. You just can't accept it. Right. And if you know who you are, mm-hmm. go with who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Exactly. To quote the poet Kesha, we are who we are. We are who we are. So then Mike's there. <laughs> <laughs> when, 
when then when Gale leaves, he runs into Mike, who's just kind of hanging out mm-hmm. in the crow's nest. Yeah, Batmaning it up. Yep, just hanging. I, I, guess, I guess it would be the bat's nest then. <laughs> so it was surprised Mike wasn't in upside the down. Cave. <laughs> yeah, the back cave, but he wasn't upside down. It, it, well, it was so it was so dark with somebody just lurking there. That's when I actually expected to see Nacho. <laughs> that's all, yeah, that's like ninety percent of his scenes this entire season <laughs> just hanging out in the fucking dark. So did Christian Bale sleep upside down, or was that Michael Keaton? I think that was Michael Keaton. Okay. I remember one of the Batman slept upside down. Yeah, I think that was Michael Keaton. He was so into being a bat. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Batman, Michael Keaton, or the whole Tim Burton's Batman thing is a whole nother. Actually, the first one wasn't that bad. The second one was stupid. The second one was a Tim Burton movie starring Batman. It wasn't a Batman movie made by Tim Burton. No, the first one, the first one is like my second favorite Batman behind Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves The Dark Knight. I love Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Love it. All right. So uh, Jimmy and Kimmy. Are at the appeals meeting. Right. And this is kind of when um I kind of call this, right? Remember I said I, I think I think uh Jimmy's just gonna say fuck it, like I am who I am kind of mm-hmm. deal. And he kind of does that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he reads the letter and then well, I mean he starts to. Right. And then and then he realizes this isn't going well. Mm-hmm. Because he's insincere, right? Because right. this whole thing is insincerity. So right. sincerely, he's like, look, I'm not gonna be respected like Chuck. I'm not gonna be good. And let's face it. Chuck is a son of a bitch. That's right. why it was like it's like it's almost like he used sincerity to play up the insincerity. Yeah, right. Because there was a lot of sincerity in a lot of things that he said. Well, I, yeah. Well, he was sincere, right? Which right. is like you know, like you know, kind of like he was just being honest with himself, right? Like, he, like oh, until the whole "I have this letter," "I have this letter." Yeah, that was you know, a little, that's not sincere. That was that was it kind drifted. Of, like he was he started off sincere. That was totally sincere. And then drifts towards insincerity, but he's already got him on the hook. Now he's just reeling him in. Yeah. So once he set the hook, very fisherman like. Once he set the hook, then he can go back to being insincere yeah. and really I, playing it up. I didn't like the "I have this letter." Part. You didn't like that? No. I bought it. Really? God, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I, I, I was on. I was. I was all into it. I'm like, okay, well, that's that's cool. That's cool. But then it was like, yeah, like it was a little too. Really drove it home. Right, but it yeah. actually fits with the character of Jimmy because sometimes he can't help himself for like the dramatic flourishes. Right. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have this. Letter. I have this. But I have this letter. Letter. You don't have this letter. I have this letter. That's almost like an orgasm. Like, are you Sancho? I'm Sancho. Right. Yeah. I have this letter. <laughs> so. He goes through the spiel. Wings it. Huh? Wings it. Wings it and nails it. And nails it. And I love the fact that he says, I'm going to do everything I can to be worthy of the name McGill. And then immediately change his name from McGill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. So so they're outside and Kim's Uh all proud of him. And this is this is Kim's breaking point, right? Yes, I think this is where like she, she breaks. She's completely crushed. That Seems little that be. little shred of decency and humanity that she was looking for, and she was suspicious that wasn't there. We've said even this though before. She, she really wanted it to be. That was it. We've said this before. I thought it was the moment before. We thought it was when she went to the bathroom crying. Mm-hmm. We thought it was when they showed the separate lives happening at the same time. <laughs> we thought it was when he decided. We thought it was when he like refused to go to the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So finally, 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 mm-hmm. she breaks. Yeah. I think so. It's got to be. It's the end of the season. This has got to be the final, like. This is it. This is it. Totally. Yeah. So Chick runs out, and she's like, hey, I have good news. And he's like, I already know. I already know. I got you, suckers. And then he's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm going to need a DBA form, which I would like to point out, I totally called that. You did. You called that, that we had a whole discussion about that. You were right. Um. For oh, to rehash the Kim thing real quick, mm-hmm. 
uh, when he called them suckers and said that one asshole was crying. Yeah. That was the moment. That was it. Yeah. it go watch that and watch Kim's reaction to that because that's one of the best things she's done all season. It's like in that Simpsons episode where they replay, like, you can hear the exact moment that his heart breaks. Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. That was it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, and the fact that he asked for the DBA in front of Kim, mm-hmm. a little TV moment, I think. Yeah. Because he had that had to happen like that for Kim to react that way. Mm-hmm. But did he have to ask for it in front of Kim? But of course, he's also so wrapped up in himself, he doesn't right. realize and, what he's and, doing to Kim. And that, that's kind of like him because he doesn't think yeah. he, think ahead or anything like that. You know, like right. he, he was just stoked because he just pulled off the greatest con in the history yeah. of the totally. appeals for a lawyer thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was probably just stoked, super stoked. And he was like, Oh, because he already had this all premeditated, but didn't tell mm-hmm. her at all. So it's like shocking to her, you know? And he's just like, oh, yeah, cool. Not yeah. only that, but I want a DBA because. Right. Exactly. Because I'm going to be practicing under. Which, can you do that as a lawyer? You need to ask your lawyer friend. I, oh, that, I forgot. I think I, I feel was supposed like, to. I feel like if that, that would be like some sort of ethics violation, unless he just claims that the business name is Saul Goodman, attorney at law, and then he exactly. just keeps referring to himself as Saul Goodman. Exactly. So I he's think, like using like a technicality. I think so. We this is part of the discussion we had before. We never really resolved it. I think I might have been supposed to ask my lawyer friend and then forgot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the DBA. So if your business is named Saul Goodman, but you don't change your actual name, mm-hmm. and then you just refer to yourself as like a nickname. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because I, I audio engineer, and I could, you know, I could call myself, you know, John Smith Productions, mm-hmm. and then just refer to myself as John the whole time, and people would think my name was John Smith. Yeah. It's actually Dave from Nothing Coolio. Important. Or, <laughs> Dave Coolio. <laughs> it's actually Dave Coolio. <laughs> Your hairstyle has not yet gone out of style. No, I never the will. Crazy braids. <laughs> I saw Coolio in concert not too long ago, and uh, he's completely bald, but he has those braids coming out of the side. Nice. But, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best things from the nineties. So he's 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 Saul Goodman. So and he ends it with the name of our show. Because mm-hmm. we're right. that important. Yeah, big shout out. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for the shout out yeah. to our podcast. All right. So my question is, is yeah. next season, last season or what? I think next season's the last season. Mm-hmm. If and they're gonna I think they're gonna have to do another long time lapse. Because we're still a couple years out from breaking bad. Mm. And the lab has to get done. Right. So that's what I'm wondering is how they're going to finish the lab. Do they, do they finally buy American like normal people? Right. Like our president wants us to do. Right. Or do they outsource to another country? Um, Because they, they, they might have been like they got so burned from that process. They it's might probably going to open with a big ass. First off, it's going to open with Gene. And we're going to find out that the cab driver is Howard Hamlin. Mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> and then and <laughs> or then Nacho. The first. The first pre-commercial break thing is going to be like just a big time-lapse montage showing, showing like him a, setting up the law practice. Yeah, well, it'll be like I they'll probably or do Gus something killing where, the Germans. It'll it'll probably do something where it like correlates like the building of the meth lab with the building. You know, like it'll show like a quick, quick like building to catch everybody up to speed of them like, putting up walls and shit for the for the. Uh, the meth lab, and then it, like it'll cut to like him painting the office or something again, and so you could have this big similar. I'm trying to drop more movie references, so you have this big like uh, okay, so they're building the meth lab. Jimmy's building the law office. Gus is taking down the Germans like the Bear Jew and Glorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, seahorn that one in there. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I that could be a cool little montage of of like building, building, and Gus is taking out. Yeah, shows, shows it, how it'll he probably just disposes like, it, of the Germans. It'll probably just intersect like a billion things from mm-hmm. from this thing, you know. Like it'll probably right. show Howard happily. It'll probably show Howard happily like doing his whole law thing, mm-hmm. right? And then whatever Kim Kim working with Kim has been up to, it'll probably have like a like a thing of like Jimmy moving out of her apartment, Mm -hmm. right? And then it'll probably show the walls and stuff being moved into. Do you you think they'll skip over, or do you think that Kim will confront him? Because if she kicks if she kicks him out, then that has to happen, right? I don't think you'll see the confrontation. It'll be one of those things where like they run into each other and discuss it. You know what I mean? It'll be brought up passively. I'm just saying, I think. You're right on the time jump. It's going to open with all these things intersecting in one giant montage, you know, like the 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 guys thinking that they're going home and then suddenly get ambushed and murdered, but it'll never address how nobody in Germany knows. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, though? That, that's probably what's going to happen. When was the montage this season? When they when they were after, uh, was, was that like episode? a time jump. Yeah, but what episode was it? I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember when the time jump was last season. But um, I'm just saying that's how they'll catch everybody up. I I I think think there will be one this season. I'm not so sure it's going to start with it. Okay. I will contradict contradict your prediction there. Okay. Well, that's what I'm predicting. So last season, yes or no? Yes. I also believe it'll be the last season. Yes. Breaking Bad went five. I think they know what they're doing. I think they know how to make us want more. And Mm -hmm. you got to leave them wanting more. Right. And I have it on good authority. They'll start filming in the spring. Okay. So we're waiting another year. I don't think so. I bet it's rush production. Just like it was this year. It was like, oh, we're started on season four, and then it's like, surprise, we're starting in late July yeah. or whatever it was. It'll be it'll be a lot like that. Right. Well, I'm saying it's not going to – remember, remember you had speculated they might air it in the spring, like they would be working on it right away mm-hmm. and then air it in the spring. But, no, it's going to be start filming in the spring. Mm-hmm. Air on this time next year. Yeah. And we'll be here doing this again in my garage bar. Or That's maybe right. in the Dave Cave, or perhaps at a studio, or maybe well, by a phone. Who all knows? in all, all in all, I don't think I've asked you. What are your thoughts on this season? Pretty good as a whole. I like it. Best season? I don't know, to be honest. But I three I, was I, really good, huh? Three was really good. Yeah, definitely a better season finale. That one, like at two or three or whatever that was, where I was like, God damn it, that's <laughs> like that was two. I think that yeah. was only ended with the argument. Yeah, it was kind of like in the confession but it was really good i i, I just kind of feel it like uh it, it's it's uh not that i'm any uh, less passionate or interested i just mm-hmm. feel like it, it's ran its course now mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'd hate to see it being drug out at this point so like right. i am ready for a tent you you personally. are ready for them to link this up to breaking bad yeah i'm ready for it because otherwise if they stretched it out it would suck so i'm mm-hmm. i'm ready i'm ready for them to bring it home like, yeah like while we're on a high note yeah, let's bring right? it home, boys. Like, let's just bring it home, mm-hmm. and wrap it up, and then we can have like a Gene series afterwards because it's the franchise that won't die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about a Gene series because I th- I think Gene's gonna get it offed. I think they're gonna wrap Gene up this season. Well, they kind of have to. It'd be it'd be nice if instead of ten episodes they had like eleven episodes and one was post or nine and then one's Gene. Yeah. Or what if, what if or they fucked they, everything? They killed Gene off in the opening scene of five. I think what they should do is leave everybody hanging because everybody's going to want to see what happens with mm-hmm. Mike and the workers and the mm-hmm. uh, meth lab. And I think it would be awesome if they left everybody hanging and the entire first episode was the wrap-up of Gene's 
story mm -hmm. in completely black and white and minimal dialogue. That'd be cool. I don't know if I can do an hour of that. I'm not much of a silent film guy. I mean, we do hate Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane does suck. Which I've never, I've never seen. You're not missing anything. Spoiler I'll alert, it's a fucking slud. <laughs> in a recent road trip with a friend of mine, we had a discussion about all the classic movies I have not seen. As okay. much as I love movies, I'm probably one of the bigger movie, bu movie buffs you know. Yeah. I have not seen most classic movies. Okay. Because for one... I wasn't around when they were made. I'm a borderline millennial, so I like what I know. You know, I, I just watched The Shining. I didn't think The Shining was that great. It certainly wasn't scary because I wasn't I wasn't watching it in 1980. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm talking to a friend, and he's telling me, oh, Citizen Kane's great, and it's not just about the sled. For one thing, apparently the whole Rosebud thing is a dig at another person. Okay. Who named like some woman's vagina Rosebud? Okay, and it was like a dig at that guy. But yeah, and he's telling me, "Oh, this is great, and it's, it's about it's about more than just the sled and that." And, and I'm like, "Well, I haven't seen it, so we're totally ripping on things that we don't know." But it's hard for me to watch a black and white, mostly silent movie. Okay, because I'm millennial. I have a short attention span. I don't know. I'm, I kind of always dig that. Like whenever I see, like one of my favorite episodes of BoJack Horseman had almost no dialogue. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I like it when shows are able to do that. If you're able to do it well, it's yeah, it's super impressive. But I, I think they can do it well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they could. I mean, we they do the Gene but scenes well. It, uh, yeah, I mean, but Gene had a lot of dialogue in in this one because he was talking to the lady that mm -hmm. took his license and stuff like that. I, I'm just saying, it, it'd be cool if they gave everybody an entire Gene episode, and then the next I'm totally down. Yeah, I think that's how they're going to open the next season. That's my prediction. I'd also be down if they just did the regular thing with the Jingits one scene, move into the fucking show proper, and then at the end of the season, find out what happens to Jimmy, find out what happens to Gene. Or vice versa. Episode the penultimate episode could be Gene and then they wrap it up. Okay. With Jimmy. You know, also true. All right. And I would be okay with the last scene of Better Call Saul being Jimmy at the ditch with Walter and Jesse behind him. Which I think you said, as long as you don't actually see Walter and Jesse. I, I would like it to end like The Sopranos, but not as stupid. Like, I, I like, well, actually, The Sopranos was actually pretty good, but people tend to say it's stupid, so I was just joking. Because they left it open to the audience's interpretation. I don't think they did at all. I think it was pretty obvious that he got killed. <laughs> but <laughs> it was pretty goddamn obvious that he got killed. But um, that's, that's what I like. You know, he gets kidnapped with the hood over, and you just hear the audio, and that's how it ends. Or not even, or not even that. Hood drops, roll credits. That's a good way to go to black. Yeah. You pull the hood over him. Now you're in Breaking Bad. You don't have to go that far to the ditch. You just, hood goes over, roll the credits over it. There you go. All right. I think that would be a great way to end it. And we'll talk more about that when we gear up for season five. Yep. And in the meantime, we'll try to do uh, chats with Brandon and the cast and still mm -hmm. still trying to get <laughs> Jonathan Banks. We have on. an expanded list now. There's more characters introduced that we can try and talk to. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of these people again. Joe DeRosa is the vet. Mm -hmm. maybe get mel rodriguez on again yeah yeah so thanks for everybody for listening to us this year thank you for your patience especially with this finale and um, my sincerest apologies um my sincerest apologies for the delay we both had things going on like i said uh my band that i'm in without brian is releasing an album and i'm gonna whore that shit out to all you guys right and uh i'm gonna make sure you all get free digital downloads for being good listeners there you go yeah, the Big Land, yep. It's actually, uh, unlike our band, it's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a New Orleans-influenced nine-piece jazz jam band. 
Totally. The big line, yep. L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E means a little something extra. Yep. Album <laughs> coming soon. Awesome. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, watching season four with us. We'll try to get some more stuff out. Thanks for all your patience. Thanks for participating. Uh, make sure to keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess nothing else to say except for I guess I'll see you next season. Dave? If you want us to do some movie reviews or talk about other shows in the off time, I'm sure we can find maybe once a month or some sporadic time to get together to talk about some things if you guys like the way we review things. Yep. We've been suggested to do other other shows and, and keep it going in the off season. Only if you interact with us, though, because we're not doing it just for ourselves. Well, we kind of are. Yeah. Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just call us. <laughs> it's all good, man.